You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, and I am joined today by the editor of the Iowa Sportsman Magazine, Mr. Patrick McKinney. How you doing, man? Great. How you doing, Dan? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And today we're just going to kind of recap 2018 and talk a little bit about what's coming in 2019. And I think the the first thing to do is just ask you, as a whole, how was your 200 or 200 2018 hunting seasons uh it was um kind of hectic to put it lightly um i did get out i i did quite a bit of deer hunting um wasn't successful i had a couple opportunities but just uh didn't pull the trigger i was looking for something a little a little more mature, um, but saw several nice bucks, a lot, a lot of deer. I hunt down in southwest Iowa near Creston, but um, a lot of deer down there, but I just didn't uh, didn't release an arrow at anything. So deer hunting was a little, uh, I, I guess, subpar for me this year, but all in all, it's hunting. I'd rather be out in a tree stand than, than stuck behind a, a desk for eight hours at a time. Um, then I, I, did, I broke in a new... Uh, for pheasant hunting, I broke in a new dog. Um, we got a new Visla this this past spring, and this was his first year out. So that was that was pretty fun. It's always always a great time to watch uh, a new puppy work and and get him kind of conditioned to the the hunting schedules. For is that the first time him... that you've ever trained a, a pheasant dog? Because um, I've heard a lot of people that they'll take their dog to someone who does it as a profession. It's it's the second time. I, I had a Visla for uh, 12 years. Um, we lost him probably, I think it was a year and a half ago. And um, I trained him myself, um, not knowing really what to do or where to start. I just kind of dug in and, and did what I thought was necessary. And, and Hunter, my first Visla, was, was an excellent dog. Um, he's one of those dogs that you'll remember forever and kind of wish you you don't lose him, but that's the way that's life. pet ownership is. Yep. yep. So... Um, having the success with Hunter, um, we went and bought uh, another Visla from the same same breeder, and, and now we're on the the track to get him up and up and running and being a good hunting companion. Gotcha, cool. And how did uh, how did he do his first year? Oh, about as expected. Uh, he had some some learning moments, but he also um, has a good nose on him. Um, he listens well, but. Um, the pheasants were sometimes smarter, <laughs> smarter than him, but yeah, he did he did pretty good for his first time out. So, yeah, so we're excited to see what he turns into. Now, I, I've heard of some people using their pheasant dogs also as shed hunting dogs. Is that a plan of yours as well? 
No, I've never really gotten into the the shed hunting um, side of it. I've always wanted to, right? Um, but I I guess I just went and didn't know where to start, so I just kind of um, let that idea pass by this time. But um, I know there's a lot of a lot of people that do that. Yeah. Um, it sounds something really fun to do, and there's there's even trainers out there nowadays that will actually train a dog to a pheasant hunting dog or a, or a um, waterfowl dog to to shed hunt as well. So right. it's pretty cool idea yeah and there's a couple uh cool products out there that i've seen and i've talked with some guys in the past who it's almost they they train their dogs specifically for uh you know for shed hunting and if there's anything else that comes of it like they accidentally start you know they're good at pheasant hunting or they can train them to to waterfowl that's just like a multitask dog but i know several people who have dogs just for shed hunting yeah, uh, I, I know quite a few too. Yeah, that's like you said, that's their first priority. And if if they turn into a good bird hunting dog, that's yeah. just kind of cherry on top. So yeah. I think that would be awesome to see to, that change. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome to own a a, a good lab or a you know a, a bird dog or a shed dog at some point. But I got three kids. <laughs> that that in its that in itself is uh, a chore. Yeah, I've got two kids of my own. They're they're six. Two girls are six, and and going to be five here. And and they take up a lot of my time, man. Absolutely. It's part of the reason why I probably didn't have the year I wanted to in deer hunting. Um, they're starting to get into the school life and yeah. the extracurricular activities. And I mean, you got to be a parent first. I've learned that kind of the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. mom doesn't uh, approve of me hunting so much. But you kind of take it and, and go with it. Yep, absolutely. So you mentioned that uh, during the, the archery deer season, you um... – uh, you didn't get the. You, you passed on some deer that uh, you were looking for something a little bit more more mature. Um, do you typically hold off for a more mature animal, or are you? Is it kind of just like if it catches your attention and it looks good, you shoot it? Yeah, it's it. I, I've kind of transitioned into that mentality. Um, back when I was younger, I, I would I would shoot whatever kind of just walked in front of me. Yeah, um, but I've kind of. I'm not. A, I don't want to say that in a bad light. I'm. I'm not a trophy hunter by any means. Right. I mean, I, I will shoot a deer if I, if I decide to shoot a deer in, in an instant. But this year, for whatever reason, I just kind of held back and and was looking for. I, I've seen some tremendous deer down there this year, and yeah. the old saying is you can't shoot that deer if you shoot something something smaller or, or less mature. So right. I, I was holding back and and hoping those bigger, um, more mature deer were gonna walk in front of my stand but i seen them they just weren't uh within range so yeah and that's one of those things too that i've gotten to know real well over the years is if you plan and your goal is to shoot a mature buck and not necessarily go after antlers per se but a mature buck the the chances of you eating your tag also go up and oh uh, yeah multiple years i've uh, i've dealt with that yeah, it's uh, you said it perfectly. I mean, if it goes up exponentially. Your yeah. your success rate, failure ratio, I guess I should say. Um, if you have your eye on a deer, it's less chance that that deer is going to walk in front of you than versus all the other deer around. So, yeah, if that's what you want to do, that's that's great, and that's kind of what I did this year. And now I'm probably going to eat some tag soup, and that doesn't taste very well. But nope. hey, that's hunting. There's always next year. That's right. And and for me. Uh... 
you know, we can either use shotgun season or we can use, you know, shoot a doe. And for me, that's kind of how I handle it. If I want to, you know, go and, and get some meat in the freezer, shoot a doe. Uh, if, you know, if I don't get the opportunity to shoot one of those mature bucks that I'm chasing and, uh, also at the same time, uh, there's like right now there's still season left and there's still a, a little bit of season left. And I'm not sure, actually, I think when this airs that the season will be over. So, yeah, uh, we're sitting season. here on the eighth. I think season wraps up what the 10th. 10th. So, yep. Yep. A few so, more days if, if anyone wants to get out there, but by the time they hear this season will be done that's right all right so deer hunting uh not necessarily a bust just a different approach to it uh what about like turkey hunting this year did you get out and do any turkey hunting you know i for the fall i didn't um usually i buy a tag uh, and if a turkey walks in front of my stand i'll, I'll take a shot at it mm-hmm. but um i didn't actively pursue fall turkey hunting um never really gotten into that I don't know why, because, I mean, you can shoot a hen, you can shoot a tom, you can shoot a jake, and it's, yeah. it's a really good opportunity to to get a turkey on the Thanksgiving table if you, if you want to during the fall, but um, yeah. just not something I've never really gotten into. What about the spring? Spring, spring um, I did go out, uh, managed to um, harvest a jake, and it was one of those days where you just get out. I was, I think, third season. One of those hunts where everything kind of worked out perfectly. Yeah. Within 20 minutes, the Jake was in front of me. I uh, was pondering whether or not to take the shot and, or waiting for a, for a Tom. So I made the decision of just taking the shot and getting the hunt over with pretty quickly. Yeah. So it was, I, I tell you, that's kind of how, in the past, my seasons have always been. Uh, and I have a couple places that are... I don't want to say automatic because I've struck out there in, in years past, but if the turkeys are there, I just set up on this fence line in a blind, call them in and shoot them. Like it's, it's, it's gotten to the point now where I've decided not to do that strategy anymore just cause I want to make it a little bit difficult. Um, but like this year for me, it was that perfect spring morning that everybody you know, everybody wants, right? You're sitting in a blind, it's dead quiet, the owl hoots, you know, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden in the distance, you hear one and that starts a chain reaction up the, up the valley that I hunt. And it just gobble, 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 all the way up. And then you're surrounded by them and then they fly down and they're still talking. You call them in, they put on a show for a little bit and then you just, you shoot them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Turkey hunting is, uh, I used to say it was probably my favorite thing to do. Deer hunting kind of over overtook that, but it, it's an it's an amazing experience. Yeah. And you get get out well before the sun comes up and get set up, and all of a sudden you wait for that first thunderous gobble to sound off, and then kind of get your skin uh, goosebumps going. And it's just it's it's an awesome experience. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. You have two kids. I have three kids. And uh, for me, I feel like the the first step for, uh, you know, just to get them outside. And and we'll talk about fishing here in just a little bit. But that's kind of their first introduction. When do you think that you're going to be bringing your kids out in the field with you, either like on a a turkey hunt or a deer hunt? Um, Actually, very good question. My six-year-old daughter, she asked the that all important question this year, daddy, when can I go hunting with you? And of course my heart's melted and I I wanted to do it right away. I said, well, 
let's figure out how to how to get you going sometime this year. And that was my fault because uh, that didn't happen because she was she was nowhere near ready right. to, to do it. Um, she just started gaining interest in it, yep. and I, I kind of jumped the gun there and got her hopes up a little too much. Um, and, and I said, okay, sweetie, let's let's back off. Hunting takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience and, and you got to know what you're doing first and, right. and explain this to a six year old is, is near impossible. But I said, let's just, let's practice. Let's do homework. I tried to put it into a, a sense that she would be able to understand. And, um, she, she kind of backed off a little bit and said, okay, um, I'll practice and, and do my homework. And I said, that's great. Let's start that. And we'll try and get you, uh, introduced to whether it be turkey hunting next spring or uh, a youth hunt um, for deer hunting um, in in the fall. So I started this year kind of. Um, Again, I jumped the gun, but she wasn't ready. Uh, I knew that, and so I backed off a little bit, and we're going to do our homework this year and get her out in the field hopefully in 2019. Yeah, and I think that's my goal as well. Uh, This year, (laughs) my daughter talks so much that she's yeah. definitely not ready for a uh, a deer hunt, but I think that this spring she's going to be ready to come into the deer blind. Maybe not on a right away morning hunt, like you know, in the dark, wake them up at you know right you know while it's still dark out, walk in the dark. That might be a problem, but you know, one of those mornings where maybe I can sneak into a, a spot, you know right after the sun comes up and uh, get her in the blind and just just maybe so she hears a couple gobbles because I think if I can get her to hear a gobble or maybe even see a tom strut, then then she'll be hooked. Yep. Yeah, they've got to have that moment of action or, yeah. or whatever it may be that just is just jaw-dropping to them, and, yep. and then they will be hooked. Yeah. So, yep. As far as age goes, I mean, it's every kid's different. Yeah, I, mean, absolutely. I, I still think six sounds pretty, pretty young. Yeah. Um, if, if they're ready, they're ready. If not, I, I, I urge people not to rush them into it. I yeah. mean, you, you don't want a bad experience to leave a bad taste in their mouth moving forward. So. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of guys who, who have said that they're, they're like, yeah, I've, I pressured them too early and then they lost interest in it. Uh, and then I talked to a lot of guys who say, listen, I, I let them go at their pace. Um, as you know, six, seven, eight years old, if they weren't interested, they didn't want to come out. And now when they got into that 10, where they're able to shoot a gun by themselves, maybe, you know, after they've been trained on how to aim and shoot and all that stuff, or even, you know, some guys even say if the kid's big enough and strong enough, they get them with a crossbow or uh, a bow out in the woods. And they said that, you know, if you just ease into it, now they're hooked and now they want to come out. Now you're having to tell them, no, you have to go to school today. You can't go hunting with me. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's the biggest thing with kids is, uh, is you got to kind of think for them. I mean, usually when we're out hunting, the end goal is let's put a tag on something. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that makes it successful. Well, with a kid is that would be great if they shot something, but number one priority is you've, a, you've got to get them interested and, and want to go, and then when they're out there, you got to keep them keep them interested for the future moving ahead. So Absolutely. it's not necessarily about harvesting something that very first trip out. So yep, got to get them out there. Got to keep them involved and and make them learn. Yep. Now, one thing my kids absolutely love to do 
And one thing that me and my wife absolutely love to do is fish, especially uh, in the summer months when it's nice out. Uh, my father-in-law has a boat, takes us on the Mississippi. We have a couple farm ponds where, you know, the bluegill bite on anything. And uh, so they're able to catch fish, not only with your kids, but maybe as yourself too. Did you do any, or are you the guy who likes to get into fishing at all? I I do like to fish. I don't do it a ton, but now that my, um, I, I found out that it's it's a really good way back to the kid thing. It's a really good way to get kids interested in the outdoors. So I do I do some fishing with the girls. Like you said, I take them out to a pond or or down to the local uh, stream here, and they they catch even chubs or or um, bass. And then obviously bluegill ponds are are great for them. But me myself, I'll go out do some cat fishing. Um, I'll hit up uh, Brushy Creek once in a while, do some uh, crappie fishing. Um, great great bass lake out there. Um, then I, then if, if my brother gives me the call and he wants to head up to Boji or somewhere else, I'll, I'll make the trip with him, but I don't do a, a lot of, uh, angling anymore. Now, back in, when I was younger, I mean, that was pretty much all I do. It was yeah. spring turkey hunting. It was summer fishing time. It was fall was for deer and deer and pheasant. Yep. Yep. That's one thing that, uh, I had a conversation with my wife. Actually, she initiated it and she's like, our summers are too busy. We need oh, to, man. we need to like set time aside so we can go and do more fishing up at the river. And, you know, cause North, I don't know, I don't know about you, but Northeast Iowa is one of my, especially along the river is one of my favorite places to be, especially in the summer and, you know, early fall months. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful country up there and, and it's, it's just, it's almost like it's not Iowa, yeah, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's, it's it's not as much crop ground. It's it's more timber and kind of rolling hills, and and the trout streams are pretty much everywhere. So it's it's amazing country up there. Yeah, and I love it. It's I something everybody it. should, uh, if they haven't experienced, they should try to get out and spend a weekend up there, pick a campground, and, and kind of just enjoy something different than uh, miles and miles of crop field. It's it's a really cool experience up there. Okay, so. 2018 is obviously over um in the book in the books is there anything from a a hunting fishing uh you know family outdoor related that you would have done different or try are going to try to do different in 2019 um i like you said earlier i'm going to try and set aside some more time um to go out hunting and fishing one of the fallacies of my job is uh, yeah i'm the publisher editor of a hunting and fishing magazine so people automatically think well you you have the best job in the world you get to go hunting and fishing all the time well it's not necessarily the case i still have a a 40 hour a week job some most of the time more um trying to get a magazine out to to the readers so i don't get to go out hunting and fishing as often as i would like or, or probably should so that's it's one of the the biggest goals in in introducing the children my kids into that is is part of that plan um the other thing is and i always preach about it and i'm actually writing an article on it now is kind of one of my goals at the end of the year is kind of to look back on everything i did whether it's hunting fishing um whatever it is to do in the outdoors and kind of learn from your mistakes yeah Uh, so so what did i do wrong during deer season um or what did i do wrong turkey hunting and then figuring that out and then trying to fix that so I don't duplicate it. Uh, 
the following following season because you're, you're never going to get any better if you don't learn from your mistakes so that's kind of one of my mottos that I always live by and and that's where I'm at right now I'm kind of assessing the seasons that I had and figuring out what I did wrong and how I'm going to fix them and, and be a better sportsman in 2019. Let's let's dive into that a little bit because for me, I know I made mistakes this year uh, in uh, for my archery season, but at the same time, I also harvested uh, a, a very good, you know, awesome five-year-old buck, and from an antler department, he was the biggest scoring buck I've ever shot. So awesome. Um, so I had good, and I had you know I have. I learned from the uh, the mistakes that I made, but I also celebrated the success that I had. On your archery season, you said you weren't able to connect. Did looking back at that, did you do anything wrong, or if you could start the season over again today, would you approach it a little bit different, or is it just one of those circumstances where the big bucks just didn't come by? You know, sometimes that happens uh, in deer hunting. Sometimes you just strike out. Um, yeah. It's it's part of hunting, but I, I, there's there's a few things I could have done differently. Um, I probably should have moved stands when when I thought I should have. Um, deer just the, the more mature deer just weren't using the the location I was at. Uh, I could see them a couple hundred yards away, hundred yards away, and they just wouldn't commit to, to my area. Now whether that's me not using great scent control or entrance and exit routes were poor or, or whatever, um, they just weren't coming my way i should have keyed in on that and figured that hey i probably have a better chance of of switching things up and throwing them a curveball rather than sitting still and sitting back in the same stand so yeah so yeah i I probably messed up a few instances there and that's the biggest thing you got to own your mistakes don't make don't make excuses for for why something didn't happen yeah figure it out and move on and and correct them yep and i'll i'll actually say that right now that in the past, I knew what I was doing wrong, but I didn't take any proactive steps to fix it. So, like, I knew the deer was busting me walking into my stand, but I didn't ever change my access route. Or yep. I, I knew the deer was catching my scent, but I never moved my tree stand. And that is literally the definition of insanity. And, <laughs> yes, and then, it is. <laughs> you know, and then I would sit there and I would complain to my you know, my other hunting buddies and they're, they, they would either say, Hey man, you got to do this or they would just, you know, yeah. Okay. Well you bitch all the time. So, uh, you're you know, <laughs> like, what's, what, what are you going to do different? And then finally, you know, I would say about five years ago when I really started, when I really started breaking down my hunts, really paying attention to the details like the wind direction, the access routes, the the actual stand placement and all that stuff. That's when everything kind of changed for me. And, uh, and then still refining all of that every single year, man, I think a guy can take a lot of weight away from a hunting season if he does that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You've got to have, um, assessment of, of your season. It, it's the only way you get better. It's uh, it's deer hunting. They are smart animals, and and they are they're out to survive. So they will yep. do anything possible. So yep. if you make Absolutely. a mistake, they will they will accentuate it. And but you've got to figure out how to to get ahead of the game and hopefully get an arrow at them. Hopefully next year. Yeah, that's kind of the same way it is with all animals, including fishing. Right? You gotta yeah. You gotta know. Oh man. 
yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, even yeah, fishing is, is is a whole other beast. I mean, it's it's not an easy easy thing to do to go out and be successful every single trip out to catch those those bigger fish. So yep, absolutely, got to have a game plan, and you got to like I said, like I've been harping on, you got to know your mistakes and then fix them. Yeah. You do you fly fish at all? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. I've yeah. I've talked to uh, you probably know Rod uh, Woten. Yep. Um, he he's he's getting into fly fishing and, and he does a lot of the Northeast Iowa, um, uh, trout streams. And yeah. I talked to him about it one time and he said, if you want to do it, go ahead and get started. It's it's not as difficult as everybody thinks it is to get, to get yeah. started, but it's just something I, I never really got into, but, um, would love to do it sometime. Yeah. It, it sounds like an amazing time, especially staying out in a trout stream up in North, Northeast Iowa. Yeah. It would sound just like a great time. I had a buddy. Do you do you do it much? No, I I actually asked that question because I had a listener of one of the other podcasts that I do um, send me some flies that he made because I mentioned it on a podcast once, and then I found an old fly rod at my um, my stepdad's house, and so I went back to the pond and I practiced for like a day trying to catch some bluegills off some flies. And it really wasn't working, but every single person I talk to says, if you're the kind of person who falls in love and has a lot of passion with bow hunting, like I do, it's probably not a good idea to get into fly fishing because it will also, you'll fall in love with it instantly. And I don't have enough time for another serious passion. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, so I, I really haven't gotten into it, but I definitely want to. Yeah, I've I've heard the same thing. Uh, in fact, when I used to be a big time pheasant hunter back in the day, and I got introduced to deer hunting. I don't know, fifteen, whatever, however long it's been, and they they said the same thing about deer hunting. So uh, I, maybe maybe I'll back off fly fishing because I'm same same boat as you. I don't have time for another passion right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 2019, kind of, we, we've talked a little bit about. Um, what we're what what we want to do as far as the outdoors are concerned, but now from like uh, the magazine standpoint, what can like the readers of the magazine expect in 2019? Any any big things coming? Any more of the same? Any awesome articles that uh, that we need to be aware of? Yeah, it's it's going to be. It's you still expect the same. Uh, I'll be biased here. Great magazine. Yeah. Uh, we're still going to be a, a magazine for the average Joe, um, the neighbor next door type of person. Uh, we like all of our writers uh, are just people like you and I. Uh, they're not professional hunters by any means. They're not professional writers by any means, but they just know how to hunt and fish the lands of Iowa. Um, one thing that we're going to try and do more of, uh, in years past, we've been kind of that magazine that's, um, I don't want to say in your face, but we do lots of informational articles on tips and tactics um, yep. solely on fishing and hunting. Yep. We're going to try to sprinkle in some more outdoors, like camping-related articles, um, some ATV articles, even human interest stories. I had a guy contact me, oh, what was it, a couple weeks ago that wanted to do kind of like a um, just a, a creative story where it's not necessarily a true story, but... Um, you know, for fishing games to do it back in the day, where they would just kind of have a continual story going up, where it's it's kind of like a a short novel each each issue. So we're gonna try and change things up a little bit, um, give people more more information on on different aspects 
to outdoors than rather than just hunting straight hunting and, and fishing informational articles. Yeah, that's I think that's great because my introduction into the outdoors was not necessarily hunting. I mean, my family did a little bit of fishing, but my introduction into the outdoors came through my dad taking me on hikes, taking me uh, camping and, you know, like bonfires and, and that kind of stuff. And then gradually that my love of the outdoors kind of took its almost like a natural next step into the fishing and the hunting and, you know, ultimately now just built up to the, you know, hardcore bow hunter. And I think that's great because if you can pull in people who are maybe not hunters yet with an article like that, and then while they're in there, they have a, you know, they read another article about, Hey, maybe I should try turkey hunting or pheasant hunting, or maybe I should go fishing. And pulls another person into the community of hunter you know hunters and fishermen and women that's just great for hunter recruitment as a whole yeah absolutely i mean they've got to start somewhere and and like you said the majority of us don't start with a a weapon in our hand or or a a rod in our hand we'd start i was the same way i went camping and i went hiking and and that's how i got the love of, of hunting and fishing in my blood so it's you're you're exactly right, and and the the other thing you hit on was uh, hunter recruitment. That's something that we're losing um, absolutely bodies every single day. And technology's part of it, but I mean, it, it's just it's something that we need to to attack and and kind of hold on to our heritage. Otherwise, it's going to look a lot different in in the future. So yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. that. If if that's what comes out of our change in the magazine, I will be a very happy person because we're we're big on on keeping the heritage going, getting hunters back out there, or even new hunters in, introduced to to our lifestyle. And, awesome. And so that's that's the main goal of ours. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, now, as far as the the podcast is concerned, uh, what I will tell you is that as that magazine changes and evolves. So will the podcast because I just feel the the podcast is going to be a, a direct reflection of the magazine. Uh, so we're still going to be having a lot of great hunting strategy, uh, fishing strategy, um, trapping strategy, bird hunting strategy, duck hunting strategy, all that strategy, right type of content coming through the podcast. But at the same time, uh, we're probably going to start doing some of those, uh, those human pieces as well, where we talk to an individual and it's not necessarily your hunting type content, but more along the lines of the, you know, who this person is, why they love hunting, you know, talk about their evolution as an outdoorsman. And, and I really think that that right there will really catch a lot of people's interest. Yeah, I agree. I mean, kind of getting to know the, the writers and, and what they'll find out is this this person's no different than than I am after they hear the story. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a great idea, and it's, it's what we're going to kind of try and do. We're going to we're going to hold true to our core. We're going to be a hunting, fishing, trapping type of magazine. But yeah, we're going to start sprinkling other type of information into the magazine, into the podcast, website, Facebook. So we're kind of uh, being a sportsman isn't just being a, a hunter and angler and like we've been discussing it's you can be a camper and you can be a bird watcher for or a hiker or 
uh, just a canoeer or, or whatever. It, there's so many aspects to being a sportsman. So we're going to try and hit on that a little more this year and, and see how it goes. Another thing that we were talking about on the uh, before we started recording on this podcast was the Iowa Deer Classic. And uh, you guys are going to have a booth there. And I think this year I'm also going to be there. And we're probably going to do uh, some podcast recording um, at the booth. So if you're listening to this and you're planning on going to the Iowa Deer Classic, why don't you stop by the booth, say hi, and then we can point you in the direction of how you can, uh, you know, of the the Iowa Sportsman website, how to get involved with a podcast, how to get in, uh, how to get involved with the magazine, and uh, just consume more great content. And uh, it'd be cool to to meet some of the listeners of the podcast and the readers of the magazine. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. Um, we are we'll be at the Deer Classic, like you said, and I think this is our man. 10th year, maybe however long it's been going, uh, we've been at the Deer Classic. So um, stop on by. I think we're booth 815. We've been in the same spot for the last seven or eight years. So stop on by, introduce yourselves, talk some hunting, fishing, whatever it may be. And Dan, you'll be there and we'll do, do a podcast and we'll have a good time. For those of you that haven't been to the Deer Classic and, and you're into deer hunting or just just hunting or, or being an outdoorsman in general, it's it's a great time. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, I don't go enough, and it's probably a good thing because the last year uh, when I stopped by and, uh, you know, before we talked a little bit, before this podcast even became a reality, you know, I, I, I stopped. I used to write for the magazine. I talked to you about the podcast. I think you were very close to a jerky stand, and <laughs> – for those for those of you who know me, I think I spent like forty bucks in beef jerky that day, and my wife was like, "Who spends forty bucks on beef jerky?" <laughs> but you have to. But you have so to. good, absolutely. No, no, I'm kind of the same way. I'll, I'll make my rounds, get my deer deer sticks or beef sticks, whatever they are, and yep. kind of munch on those all weekend. And then, like you said, forty dollars later, yeah. you know, you've you've had your fill of jerky. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a really fun time. So, you know. Kind of wrapping up this podcast, is there anything that uh, that you want to say to the listeners of the podcast or the readers of the magazine, um, you know, point them in a specific direction or anything like that before we close it out today? I'd just like to thank everyone. Um, I, I did a pub statement, uh, well, it's been three or four months ago. Um, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the readers and, and now the listeners of readers of the magazine and listeners of the podcast. So um, I appreciate appreciate all the support and, and look forward to continuing to do this for, for however long however long we can. And it's it's been a great run, and we, we look forward to keeping this thing going. And on the podcast, uh, listeners, if, if you wanted to share the word, this is still a brand new thing that we've started. I think, Dan, we started it in September. Yeah, somewhere right around there. So we're still in our infancy stage, but we want to get the word out and and have people, more people listen and give them another uh, avenue to kind of enjoy hunting and fishing and, and being a sportsman. Um, not not magazine-related or website-related, but it's kind of um, through the ears instead of the eyes. So spread the word. Um, we'll continue to grow this thing. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Iowa Sportsman podcast is in the books the first one of 2019 hopefully everyone had a great 2018 as far as the woods and waters are concerned 
big things coming in 2019. We're excited to share that with you. Please spread the word. Go leave a review wherever you download this podcast. And lastly, for more great content, subscribe to the magazine or just go to iowasportsman.com and check out all the online articles and information there. You can also uh, subscribe to the magazine on the website. So until next time, have a great week. Thank you.